Well, there's a, a picture up on the screen, and I'm curious if anybody knows who this gentleman is. Nice looking guy. That is George Mueller. George Mueller, what'd you say? Nice beard. Nice beard. He's got a nice beard. Not as nice as yours, Barry. Um, Yours is a little bit longer than his, but uh, he looks like such a a friendly guy. Um, He, in his lifetime, cared for 10,000 orphans. He provided educational opportunities for many orphans in England. He established 117 schools. He provided education for over 120,000 kids. And his work began when he opened the doors of his rented home and invited six kids in in the mid-1800s. And he started to care for them and provide for them. And, and his heart grew bigger and bigger. And he found a couple more homes and, and, and uh, took in more kids. And quickly, he had 130 kids he was caring for. Well, neighbors got a little frustrated, got a little upset because of the noise and all that was going on. And, and so he's like, okay, I got I to gotta do something about this. And so he built an orphanage. And the orphanage eventually grew to house over 2,000 kids. Now, here's the interesting thing about George Mueller. He never once, never asked for money, never asked for supplies, never asked for clothes for the kids. He just trusted that God would provide. There's a famous story about George Mueller. One day, he sat like a a bunch of kids down, and they were sitting ready for breakfast. And the tables were set, and everything was prepared, and he stood up to pray over the meal. And he started to pray The only problem was there was no meal in the kitchen ready to be served. He stood up and prayed and and trusted that God would provide a meal. And so after he prayed and he said amen, he opened up his eyes and the local baker just showed up with a bunch of bread, enough to feed all of the kids. And just by chance, too, the local milkman had just broken down right in front of the orphanage and had enough milk for all of the kids. George Mueller was a man of great faith. He never asked for a single dime. He never asked uh, for, for anything. Um, he never invited anybody into that and said, hey, this is what I need. He just simply prayed. And what was his secret? He said this up on the screen. He says, I saw more clearly than ever that the, great, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. Let me read that again. He said, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. He started every day alone in in prayer, asking God to speak to him through his word and and prayer. And he wasn't perfect. He is honest and he admits for, for a number of years it was a struggle. But he chose to open up the word, engage in God in prayer, and over his lifetime... He read the Bible 200 times and prayed in millions of dollars in food and clothing for the orphanage. I look at that statement and he said, the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. I don't know about you, but if I'm given the responsibility of caring for thousands of kids, 
My first and primary business might be to like, oh, I freak out a little bit about making sure that there's food and clothing and enough money for the lights to stay on. But here was something different about George, a man of great faith to saying, nope, I'm going to bring it in front of my father, the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Like I am going to come before him trusting that he will provide. When I look at this body here, the thing that has amazed me over the last couple years has been what God has done here. The transformation that John talked about. The hearts that are becoming increasingly desperate and hungry for the Lord. When we began a couple years ago, never in my mind was to have this uh, prayer time where we gather together and pray over requests. And many have called that time very uncomfortable. And I know it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because we're stretched out of our comfort zone to pray for one another to pray out loud for each other. I know it's uncomfortable because when I hold the microphone in front of somebody's face, I don't know what they are going to say. And there have been times where it's like, oh, that's a surprise. Like last week when Zane gets up in front of uh, the church and says, hey, I want to give up my cousin for 2023. And I'm like, your cousin? Oh no, my, my cussing, my bad language. I'm like, oh, okay. There are things that we're talking about giving up for, for the new year, leaving behind in the old year. But there have been some absolutely amazing moments. Like even last week um, when we were together with those other churches, there was a young boy that came up as we were talking about things that we want to leave in the past. He grabbed the microphone and he talked about being a foster kid and that his birth parents had done some horrible things to him. And he wanted to leave that behind. I'm like, oh my goodness, that was like a holy moment. And sure, it's uncomfortable and you never know what people are going to say, but then all of a sudden the kingdom of God breaks in. And that's what I've seen for the last couple years. There have been moments where the kingdom of God has broken in and we're like, that is absolutely amazing. And there have been phenomenal answers to prayers and there have been answers to prayers that were different than we expected. But every prayer has been answered or will be answered. Not always in the way that we like or, or want, but God does hear and answer our prayers. And as I look forward to this year, the thing that I want to grow in in my life and I want us to grow in as a body is a greater desperation for the Lord, a greater dependence on the Lord, to walk every single day step by step in the power of the Spirit. Because the beautiful thing is we don't have to do this life alone. As we've given our lives to Jesus He has promised to send the Holy Spirit to fill us, to lead, and to guide us. And that is the number one job that we have, is to stay close to Him, walking in step with the Holy Spirit. I love Mark 3. And we've mentioned this uh, in the fall, but I want to look at this uh, passage uh, today again and and highlight a couple things. Mark 3, if you have your Bibles, and we're going to start at verse um, 13. says this, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the 12, Simon to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee and John the brother of James to whom he gave the name Whatever, that is the son of thunder. There you go, Barry. Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. 
Now, we're going to spend just uh, most of our time in verses 13 through 15. But you look at that list and that list of names, and what is absolutely crazy is these people, these guys, are guys that would not normally have been together. There were fishermen in this mix. Fishermen, and there was also tax collectors. And, and fishermen and tax collectors wouldn't have hung out because the tax collectors wanted to collect money from the fishermen and their catch of fish. And so this group is, is diverse but they're all coming together to be with Jesus, to follow Jesus. And I look at this body here, and we're diverse, and, and we come from different backgrounds, but the one who unites us is Jesus. And he offers us an invitation to be a part of a new family, his body, the church. And that's why I love the church. It's a, the church is not a service on a Sunday morning. The service is the people of God doing life together, seeking the Lord every single day. And I love that we have lived that out the last couple years. But it says, it started off, it says that Jesus went up on the mountain. Now, one of the reasons I like the gospel of Mark is for how short it is. It's brief. I think Mark just gets to the point and he wants to show that Jesus is a servant. But in Luke, we get a little bit bigger picture of what Jesus was doing when he went up on the mountain. It's not like he just went up on the mountain one day and took a hike. In Luke, we see that he went up uh, the night before and he spent all night praying. All night praying for this moment because this moment was significant. This moment had, had immense meaning because he was about to select the 12 men who he was going to pour into, the 12 men that he was going to uh, teach to show the kingdom of God to, and then to send out into the entire world to be his witnesses and to carry the message to the entire world. And so this was a significant moment. And so what did Jesus do? He spent the entire night in prayer talking with his father. And I love that we get this, this, this the, the reason behind this is because Jesus, the only thing that he wanted to do was to do the will of the father. In John chapter five, this is what Jesus said. This is, was the motivation behind why Jesus would even spend a whole night praying. Jesus got into a little bit of trouble in John five for healing a man on the Sabbath. And they were, people were complaining about him. And he's like, I'm only doing what I, I see the father doing. And that made them even more because they're like, well, you're equal to God? Like, that's blasphemous. And then he talks about the relationship and he says this in, in John chapter 5. He says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will be shown him so that you may marvel. I love that. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord. I only do, son, Jesus says, what I see the father doing. Jesus, the son of God, totally submitted to his father saying, I will just do exactly what you tell me to do. And so the night before he picks his disciples, he's in prayer. And I get this, this picture that he's going back and forth. Are you sure? Are you sure about this one? Are you sure about this one? Or about this one and this one? Going back and forth, only wanting to do what the Father tells him to do. I love this aspect of Jesus because we see in Hebrews 5 as well that, that the prayers of Jesus were answered, Hebrews 5 says, not because he was a son, but because of his reverence. And I always find that to be so fascinating that Jesus, Son of God, purely submitted to the Father. And if I look at Jesus' life, here was the Messiah. I don't want to take anything away from him. 
Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, but he's also a model to live by. Jesus, full of the Spirit, in complete surrender to God, saying, I will only do what you want me to do. As I look at my life and as you look at your life, is your life characterized by that type of dependent prayer, the dependency on the Father? We have decisions. We have situations going on. We have issues that we face every single day. How quickly do we just go and face those decisions instead of falling on our knees before the Lord and saying, I want to do only what your will is. I find in my life, I'm too quick to do things. Instead of stopping and pausing like Jesus and seeking the the face of the Father and seeking the will of the Father and say, I just want to do what you are asking me to do. So Jesus went up on the mountainside He went on the mountainside to pray. And what does it say? He said, he called to him those he desired. And that phrase really hit me this week. Those he desired. We've just come through a a season where people were desiring things. To desire is to want something, but it's even a stronger uh, thing than that. It's, It's to want something so bad that you put a plan in place to make it happen. That's how bad you desire it. It's not just like, oh, I kind of want this. No, you put a plan in place to make something happen that you desire. Do you ever consider yourself desired by the Lord? Desired by the Lord. I think of desire, and I, I, the only thing that came to my mind this week was when uh, Cece was pregnant and the cravings that she had. If you've ever seen a pregnant woman with a craving, like you don't want to get in their way when they want the thing that they want. And so when she was pregnant with our kids, she wanted a mocha frappuccino from Starbucks. And there was nothing that was going to get in her way. And the place that she wanted to go, and she always liked going, was the Starbucks in D&W on the north side of Holland. And so we could be like somewhere else. And she's like, oh, I want a mocha frappuccino. And I'm like, no, let's just go home. It's not a big deal. No, I want one right now. And so we had to get there because she desired to have that mocha frappuccino. There was nothing that was going to stand in her way. And I think about that and I think about how much God desires us. The relationship that he wants with every one of us. Like, do you consider yourself desired, wanted so much by the Lord that he would do whatever it took to get you to have a relationship with you? Ephesians 1, Paul says this, and I love this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ even before he made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Before the very beginning of the world, before God said, let there be life, before he created through his son, Jesus, he thought of you. He put a plan in place to reunite you with himself. I mean, that's how much he desired you. Before the world was began, he was already chasing after you. Before you were even an inkling in your parents' eyes, he was chasing after you. And it wasn't begrudgingly It wasn't like when we were teenagers doing chores, like, oh, I got to do that. No, No, it gave him great pleasure. Think about God that way. I think we have such messed up views of God, screwed up views of God. 
Like we think of him standing up there going, I don't think of God like taking great delight in me until I read this verse. It gave him great pleasure, great joy, great delight to send his son Jesus all the way to the cross for you and me. Why? Because he wanted the relationship with us. He desires you. I just wanted that to sink into our hearts. Like he desires you. He desires you. Maybe you've never been desired in your life before. Maybe you've been rejected. Maybe you're you're thinking of words that people have said to you before. You've never been wanted. Know that the God of the universe wants you and desires you and chases after you. Went through heaven and earth to get you all through his son Jesus. But it doesn't end there. Why? The next verse, the next little section says, They came to him, all those he desired, and he appointed twelve. Why? So that they might be with him. Be with him. Be in relationship with him. Walk with him. This is how it's always been. From going back to the very beginning. When God created, created Adam and Eve. Then they sin. In Genesis 3, we see that God chased after them. Walking in the garden, which gives me a picture of that walking in the garden with Adam and Eve was something that he did on a regular basis. Hey, let's just go for a stroll. Let's just walk through what I've created. Fast forward to Genesis 5. We see this picture of a a man named Enoch who lived 365 years. It's a long time. How is Enoch known? He's known as being somebody who walked with God. Fast forward to Genesis 6. We hear Noah. We see this picture of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, devout. There was none like him. And what did he do? He walked with God. God. Abraham, we get a picture of him actually in James chapter 2, that Abraham was righteous. He had had tremendous faith, but he was a friend of God, which is also how the Bible describes Moses. Moses talked face to face with God like a friend. This is the picture of what God has always desired. God has always desired relationship. God has always desired for us not just be like, okay, sweet, we got a ticket to heaven. No, he desires to be in relationship with with us, to boldly go before him every single day. That is the point of Christianity. Hebrews 10 says it very clearly. Because of the blood of Jesus, we can boldly enter the throne room with confidence and lay out our hearts before him, all because of the blood. God desires relationship. I think we get this all mixed up. Like there's a lot of people in the world today, in the church today, that thinks Christianity is all about getting a ticket to heaven. It's not. It's not about saying a prayer and being saved and saying, okay, I'm free and now I can live however I want. No, that is not Christianity. John 17, Jesus says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus whom you've sent. Eternal life, Christianity, is all about a knowing of the Lord. A deep relationship. Because we don't want to get to the end and hear the words that Jesus says in Matthew 7. He says, oh, you did all this stuff, but you never knew me. Apart from, depart from me. God invites us into relationship, into this deep knowing. Being, knowing him and us being known by him. Knowing all of our junk, putting it all out there before him. And just saying, here I am and having this honest, beautiful relationship with the God of the universe. That's what he desires. He called these 12 and he calls us to be with him, to walk in relationship with him. Is a desire of your heart this year to know the Lord more? 
is the desire of your heart to know the Lord more. If I could paint a picture of 2023 for, for you, this just actually came to mind. I've heard this before from somebody. If I, could, if I could paint a picture of 2023 for you and would say like your life is going to go in this direction and everything that you want to happen is going to happen. You're going to have a great year full of peace and full of all, whatever your heart's desire is, is going to be accomplished in 2023. But at the end of it, you're not going to know the Lord anymore. Or if this is how 2023 is going, to, is going to go, and there's going to be challenges, there's going to be trials, there's going to be bumps along the way, things are going to happen that maybe you want to have happen, but there's also going to be a lot of disappointment and hurt. But at the end of the year, you're going to know the Lord more. Which one would you choose? Would you choose the path of, you know what, I'm just going to go through life, living my life, hoping for a happy life, but not growing in my relationship with the Lord? Or are you going to say, you know what, no matter what comes, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know God. I want to know him in here, deep in my knower. Because that's what he is inviting us into, I believe, this year. I look at our lives I look at what has transpired here in the community that God is building. In the community that I get to be, the privilege to be a part of. And what I love is I'm just one of however many. You know, and we're in this together. And I look at the last couple years and I've seen tremendous uh, amount of transformation. Lives that have been changed. People that are growing in the relationship with the Lord. I mean, just this past week, I heard of a number of guys that are going into the jail to share the gospel, to minister to prisoners. And I love that. I, 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 I remember just, and recalling just a ton of stories that have been shared in this room and other rooms of people praying for, for people at the workplace, of seeing an accident and jumping in and saying, you know what, I'm going to pray, I'm going to dive into this relationship, into this messy situation. The way that you guys have cared for one another is absolutely remarkable. It is mind-blowing like what God has done. But as I look at my life right now as I begin 2023 and our lives as we begin 2023, I believe there's more. I believe there's a, a more in regards to a depth of relationship with the Lord. I think of George Mueller. And I want my life to say, I want to be able to say, you know what, the first and primary business that I have every single day is to make sure that my soul is happy in the Lord. To walk in dependence with him to be stretched by him, to see, to say, hey, for the Lord to say, hey, go over here and to be obedient to that. I have a desire, and I know we have a desire to see revival happen in this area, to see many people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus, to see lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, to see things happen where you step back and you're like, only God can do that. But in order for that to happen, whatever that looks like, we have to walk in complete dependence on the Lord. And so as we start 2023, I want to draw your attention to that handout that you were given by Mr. Gruppen. And this is something that we're going to try. There are two things that I hear on a regular basis. People want to know how to pray for one another, how to pray for people, how to listen to the Lord, and then also how to share the gospel. And so on the, the one side where there's the verse Mark 3, uh, 13 through 15, you just see a, a list of opportunities to grow. And it's going to start this week, this Wednesday. 
And I know men's Bible study is on Wednesday, and I'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. But on January 11, this Wednesday, we're going to have just a time of worship, just a couple songs. We're going to seek the Lord through worship, prayer, listening, and teaching on how to pray for one another. And then uh, the next Wednesday, June 18, something that I'm going to do for a couple weeks, um, I'm going to uh, hop on Zoom and have a Zoom prayer meeting. If you're available over your lunch hour at uh, noon to hop on a prayer meeting on Zoom, uh, just going to pray as the Spirit leads, pray over Restoration Church, pray over our community. Um, You can see down below the Zoom meeting ID, my, the ID uh, is my phone number, and you can hop on that way, and I'll post that on social media. Now, I know I say Zoom, and, and probably there's like PTSD from all of us through COVID. It's like, ooh, not another Zoom meeting, but I found that it's very uh, convenient just to pray with people in a bunch of different areas. And then the following Wednesday, or that, uh, that Wednesday, January 18th, we're going to, again, uh, have a teaching on how to pray for other people, uh, specifically how to pray for strangers, how to pray for people out in the community. Um, and then there'll be another uh, Zoom meeting prayer on January 25. And then on January 25 at night, we're going to have an outreach night where we're going to go out and get out of our comfort zones and, and probably go pray for people. Now, with this, I know not everybody is at the same point. Some people are like, you know, go, go pray for people in the community. Let's go. Let's go do that. Like, you know, we're, we're totally excited. And some people are like, uh, that's too big of a step. There will be other opportunities for you to pray with people that will engage with you at the level that you're at. And there's not going to be any condemnation of judging. Uh, we're going to provide a variety of opportunities for people that uh, are at, at different levels. And then the following week, February 1, we're going to have a night where there's, uh, again, some worship um, and then how to share the gospel. And then uh, the following uh, Wednesday night, February 8 uh, at 630, uh, just a teaching on how to have gospel conversations. Because we can know uh, what is sin and what is uh, not sin, but how do you have a conversation with people in the world that uh, points them to Jesus? How do we walk with the truth and grace? How do we engage in those conversations with family members? Maybe about po- politics where they see things differently and you're like, I don't want to get stuck in the weeds. I want to introduce them to Jesus. How do you navigate those uh, tense conversations? And so with this, we want to come together and learn how to pray, how to share the gospel, but also as a community, um, I believe God is more concerned about, uh, about who we are than where we're going. You know, looking back at the last couple years, um, we've worshiped in a variety of settings. We've worshiped in barns. We've worshiped outside. We've worshiped here. We've worshiped down the street. It has been absolutely amazing. Um, uh, but at, with everything, we kind of lay things before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, is this where we're supposed to be? And so even I'm inviting everybody into it, just a time of prayer uh, and fasting, seeking the Lord. Um, and so that's where you'll see the fasting down below. We're um, inviting everybody to fast on Wednesdays from food. Maybe you can go without food for one meal. Maybe you can go the whole day. I would ask that you um, go without food so that, you know, your stomach starts to rumble and you, it's a reminder to pray and be um, desperate and hungry for the Lord. And so uh, just as we're starting 2023 as a body, we're like, okay, God, where uh, do you want us to be as, uh, as a people? And then on the backside, I won't go through this um, uh, completely like, you know, line by line. But this is an opportunity for you to grow in prayer personally. Um, I have found great um, growth in just, in prayer and just sitting with the prayers that you see in the New Testament and just slowly working through them, slowly uh, praying them, making them personal to you. And so this week, I would invite you, uh, you'll see January 8th through January 15th, uh, just in your devotion time, in your time with the Lord, 
Look at Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, or, uh, or Ephesians uh, 3, 14 through 21, and just sit in that and just pray the prayers that Paul prayed. Uh, pray them for your family, pray them for yourself, pray them for your community, and possibly memorize those. And if you just get to one, if you're like, I can't get past Ephesians 1, there's just so much there, that is totally fine. You can stay stuck there the whole week, um, but that is for you to grow personally in prayer. As I close, I want to go back to what John Booby preached about and his word about change, because I think that is a phenomenal word. How do you want the Lord to change you this year? In what areas? And it's going to take the Holy Spirit to, to bring about that change. But where are you looking at your life and saying, God, God, change me, grow me, stretch me, because we can't as a people stay the same. And as I look through scripture and as I look all throughout history, God has always used people who say, hey, here I am. I'm willing to get radical and crazy for you. Here I am completely. So where is God asking you to change? And maybe the first change is by accepting Jesus, by surrendering to Jesus completely because it is true that the way to be saved is by believing that God raised Jesus from the dead, but also confessing that he's your Lord, that he is your king. Have you ever done that? And if you haven't done that, the Bible is clear that you're an enemy of God and still stuck in your sinful nature. But the beautiful thing is, as soon as we put our faith in Jesus, we belong to God. We become part of his family. And so maybe that's the first change that you need to make this year. Or maybe there's an area, maybe you haven't spent time with the Lord. And there's other things like social media or Facebook or news or whatever craziness is out there that's taking your time and attention away from just sitting and being with the Lord. Or maybe you're asking the Lord to give you boldness to share the gospel. I just would ask you right now just to ask the Lord, where do you want to grow me? How do you want to change me this year? Let's stand as we, as we just sit in this moment.